Thanks for tuning in to this week's sermon at Fountain City Church. We hope that you are blessed by this message today. If you'd like to learn more, you can check out our website at fountaincity.org. Today we are welcoming one of many teaching voices in our house. Um, I met Mar- Marielle ooh, seven years ago, six, seven years ago. Okay, so I met Marielle that many years ago, and uh, Marielle has always just carried really a touch of gentleness and tenderness to hear the Lord's voice for other people. Um, and even in corporate settings, often Mario will come to me in the middle of worship and say, hey, I feel like the Lord's saying this. Um, and it's just been a really sweet relationship. If you know Mario, then you love Mario um, because she is just incredibly lovable and loving. Uh, but this morning, uh, I want to expose you to the gift to the kingdom that she is. And so would you guys give me a warm welcome for Mario Villarreal. <laughs> Thank you so much. And you said my last name uh, pretty accurately. So (laughs) awesome. Well, I'm so glad to be here with you all today. And I'm just so thankful, Grant, for the opportunity. I'm not going to lie. My heart's beating really fast. My hands are clammy, shaking a little bit, but it's going to be awesome. Um, So (laughs) today I'm going to share a little bit of my journey with walking with the Holy Spirit and what that's done in my life and how God has just radically changed so much for me. I loved what David Swanson, what you shared uh, last week and just shared from your heart about your own journey, um, David, and so I'm excited to get to share with you all today. And so... Um, A major part of my journey has been learning how to hear God's voice for my life, but not only what the Lord is saying to me, but what the Lord is saying to other people. And so I'm going to kind of walk you through just some of the highlighting moments um, from this adventure with Jesus that has just radically opened up the gift of prophecy in my life. And so, um, oh, yes, that's my dog, Sebastian. Um, He got to hear this message first this morning when I was preaching (laughs) to myself. So uh, he's a mini cockapoo, best little buddy in my life. Um, So like many of you, I'm going to kind of try to be a little interactive as well. It's okay if it gets awkward. I'm not intimidated by awkward. But like many of you probably are, I am from, essentially from the South. So if you're from the Bible Belt, you know, Georgia, South Carolina, just kind of like slip up your hand. Just, I want to see my people. Yes, we're all gathered together. That's awesome. So like many of you, I grew up in this culture of the Bible Belt, which is so beautiful because there is an honor for Jesus. There is an honor for going to church. But I just remember, even as a little girl, and hearing this message often preached from the Southern Baptist Church I went to, and it was, you need to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And I remember even being in elementary school, this hunger and desire inside of me saying, yes, I want that. There was something in my heart that knew I, that was the most important thing in life. And so I'd constantly hear this message being preached, and yet I would find this divide between hearing that and then actually knowing how to walk that out. What did it look like to have a relationship with Jesus? I knew how to read my Bible and to pray, but when I would read my Bible, I would find a God that was walking in miracles and signs and wonders. He was healing the sick, he was casting out demons, and I remember thinking, why doesn't that happen today? 
and I never saw it. You know, I loved going to church, I loved worshiping, but there was this divide for me in my heart, and these questions started to stir, I remember, even as a little girl. And so I'm going to be a little vulnerable with y'all, share some of just um, parts of my journey and my story, because it all matters in the grand scheme, because I'm going to share some amazing highlights, but also just some parts of um, difficult journey uh, that I've been on with the Lord. And so um, when I was born, my mom thought that the perfect name to name me would be Marielle. And I have found that names are often prophetic. That means they speak to a part of our identity and our destiny. And so I would even encourage you, if you don't know what the meaning of your name is, to ask God and to to Google, what is the meaning of my name? And then through that, just open up a conversation with, with Jesus and say, God, why is this my name? And so when I was born, I actually came into the world in a difficult time because my father was really sick with cancer. He had colon cancer. And um, they had people praying for him from all around the world. And I shouldn't have been born. It was a miracle. But (laughs) when I was born, they decided the best name for me was Marielle. And it means bitter waters. And so I've had this conversation with my mom a couple of times. I'm like, Mom, I love my name. It's so unique. Most people can't, can't pronounce it. But I love that it's so original. But mom, it's kind of sad. Like, (laughs) you know, couldn't you have thought about that? And she's like, Marielle, we just prayed about it and we felt that was the perfect name for you because you came into the world in a time, in a bitter time. It was bittersweet. And she, my mom would just tell me how um, I would bring joy in the middle of such a difficult, tragic experience. And so my father passed away. And here's the beautiful thing, you know, that what we experience here on this life, it's just the beginning because there is eternity that we get to look forward to with Jesus. And so from the time I was little, I I knew that God was real because my mom would share these different supernatural encounters with God that happened around the time of my, my father passing away. Because if you know something about suffering, it might not be the Lord's, you know, will that we suffer through all these difficult things, but he always turns it out for our good and he works through it. And it's through suffering and desperation that we often find the Lord in the middle of those things. And so that's part of the beginning stages of my journey, you know, Marielle, bitter water. And so (laughs) um, my mom would just tell me different moments where she'd be praying and um, she would wake up in the middle of the night and she would see an angel standing by her window keeping guard after, after she'd be asking God, like, God, I just need to have some comfort. My husband's passed away. I'm, I'm the mother of two little girls. I need to know you're there. And so God began to meet my mom and I'd hear these stories from the time I was little. So, okay, kind of moving us along on the journey and also keeping an eye on the time. Grant, just kind of <laughs> tell me if I... <laughs> So moving along in this journey, you know, then here I am growing up in church, wanting this deep relationship with God, but not knowing what that's supposed to look like, but reading the Bible and saying, my mom's had these encounters with God that are so real, but why don't I see that in the everyday world around me? And I just remember calling out to God in high school, just going through um, just different suffering with chronic illness. I'm a type 1 diabetic. And so I just remember being like, God, I know that you can heal. The Bible says it. But why? What, how do I get that? How do I hear you speaking to me? And it started to create this hunger and this desperation inside of me to actually experience the God of the Bible and to not give up hope until I found him. Because if we look throughout scripture, we see different verses like Jeremiah 33.3. It says, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and wonderful things that you don't know. 
So as a little Southern Baptist girl, and they're telling me, read your Bible, I got the word written on my heart, and I'm so thankful for that foundation in the word of God as I began to later experience supernatural encounters with God. <laughs> so fast forwarding along a little bit, um, just going to look at my notes for a second. Um, when I got to college, I was pursuing acting, and I, I loved it, but I just felt this emptiness inside of me. I was like, okay, this is what I love to do, and I love Jesus, but why does it feel like I'm missing out on something in life? I just felt this hole inside of me that just wasn't, I couldn't get it filled, and it reminded me, Grant, of what you invited us into this morning, of for the Lord to come and fill that emptiness inside. And so I remember I got cast as a lead in a play in, uh, as a freshman. It was a huge deal. And I was so excited because I was like, this is it. Like, this is me on the journey toward my life purpose. And I remember that um, I actually had to compor compromise a lot of my values to do this play. And it was a one-night performance. And I remember afterward, I was standing in the theater alone um, and <laughs> it was like right after the show, and one by one, all of the people who I wanted affirmation and praise from, all of my professors, all of my fellow classmates, one by one they came up to me, and they're like, Marielle, you're an amazing actor. That was the best thing I've ever seen. And one by one they left until I was alone again. And I just remember feeling such a deep emptiness inside of me. And I was like, I thought, I thought that was it. <laughs> and... All of a sudden, I was aware of that hole, and I loved God, I loved Jesus, but I knew something was missing that I didn't have language for. And so it set me into this wilderness journey of pursuing God, so I'd spend nights alone in my room. I didn't have roommates in that season. One went to London, one went home. And so I had so much time alone, and I began to get into the word again, started worshiping Jesus alone in my room, and this hunger started stirring inside of me. I remember taking walks alone at night. This was for months, caught, like crying out to God. There was nobody around. And I'd just be like, God, why does it feel like I'm always talking to you, and you never talk back to me? And so this desperation, but it, it just became like a fire inside of me. And so one night... I was invited to uh, this church service. It was actually called Church in a Bar. There was no alcohol going on, but they wanted to kind of get out of, you know, it was the place where they rented and they wanted to reach the unreached. And so I go to this place and they're having a service in a bar. And I remember, you know, I, I grew up in a very conservative worship setting. As I said, it was a Southern Baptist church where there was not a lot of expression in worship of raising your hand and definitely never dancing or flags or any of that. Like, never knew that existed, right? And I was now in a church in a bar in college, and everyone around me had their hands raised. And I just remember, you know, reserved me. Like, I loved theater, but I was still just very reserved. And I just remember feeling very uncomfortable. I was like, why are they raising their hands? This makes no sense to me. And I just remember um, during worship, we were singing How He Loves Us. And the worship leader explains it. And I'm like, thank you. Someone has <laughs> an explanation for this. And they said, while we, sing this, while we sing this song, I want to invite you to raise your hands as if you were a kid and you were expecting your father to pick you up. And just imagine the father leaning down with so much joy and he just lifts you up. And when he said this, something ignited in my heart because as I shared with you, my father passed away. 
And I felt this invitation of the Lord to be like, I want to show you what a good father is. And so I was standing there in worship. The worship leader says this, and I was like, is anyone going to see me? You know, I was really, really nervous. And I lift my hands, and I just remember just that act of lifting my hands. I felt tangible love, like a waterfall. It was tangible, like this physical experience of the love of God. And I just started weeping uncontrollably. And I just sat there in God's love. And it was something about he was already reaching out to me, but he was wanting a response that was physical. And so that was a huge moment for me. So a couple weeks go by, and I go to this um, other worship service, and it was a Southern Baptist service. I like to kind of emphasize that because they didn't really see, you know, (laughs) what I'm about to share with you. I had never seen it before either until it happened to me. I will laugh a little bit. It's fine. If I cry, I'm fine as well. Just giving you a heads up. (laughs) Stand-up comedy with the Holy Spirit, don't you? (laughs) So, um, you know, I'm still in this season of wilderness, crying out to God, but I have that one encounter at church. I'm like, oh, I'm hungry now. I need to get in worship. Anytime there's worship, there's got to be something more to this. So I, I get invited to this college worship night. And we're standing there, and I'm at, like, the end of my rope. I don't know if any of y'all have been there where you're just like, I'm done, God. I was starting to get really dramatic in my heart toward the Lord. I was like, God, something has to change today because this um, frustration I feel, I feel like there's nothing worth living for. I love you, God, but what does it even look like? Like, I was at the end of my rope, and I remember standing there, and um, the message that night was really simple. It came from Luke. I want to actually give you guys this reference. It came from Luke 24, 13 through 35. I don't have a slide for this, Roman, so I don't know if you're looking for it. (laughs) He was. It's fine. And this is after Jesus has, um, he's died on the cross and he's resurrected, but he's only appeared to the women in the garden. And then this is on the road to Emmaus, Luke 24, um, 13 through 35, basically Jesus appears, but for some reason he's veiled to him, to them. Like he doesn't look like Jesus, so they don't recognize him. And he begins to explain the scriptures to them. And he says, he explains every prophecy that has to do with the Messiah and how Jesus fulfilled them. And so then a little bit later, they go to a house and they break bread together. And in the breaking of bread, Jesus reveals himself, and their eyes are opened, and they're like, it's Jesus, and then he disappears. Like, Jesus is actually pretty funny if you think about it. Like, I think he was having a good time with these guys. (laughs) But it says that after this happens, the two men, the two disciples who were on the road, in verse 32, it says, they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while we talked, while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? And that night, as I'm in this worship service, the guy says, the pastor says, God is inviting you to have a burning heart for Jesus, like the road, the disciples on the road to Emmaus. And and I was I was standing there, I was like, I don't know anything else, but I know that is exactly what I need. That is the answer to this emptiness that I'm feeling. And I was like, I just need a heart that burns for Jesus. So my heart, I begin to feel a physical like burning in my heart just like this warmth in the presence of God. And as this is happening, we go into worship. And I'm explaining this because it kind of helps to explain some of these supernatural experiences. That's why I like to kind of walk y'all through these processes. Um, 
<laughs> and how I, because it kind of helps us to step into that journey for ourselves and w- the importance of worship and how we interact with God. Um, it's not just singing songs. They're invitations to encounter the Holy Spirit in a personal way when we open up our heart. And so um, this is happening to me. And all of a sudden we go into this song singing about how God is our father. And for the first time in my life, it's like it fully clicked on in my brain. And as I was singing the song, like, God, you are my father. It was like, I realized, like, God's been a dad to me my whole life. Like, he's been a good father, like, provider, protector, in the ways that, like, so often our earthly dads just don't know how to be or they're broken, right? And I just started to see, God, you've been my father. So I'm singing this song. My heart is open. My heart's, like, burning. And then we start singing this song. I'll never forget it. It's a Chris Tomlin song. (laughs) And we're singing the bridge. It says, I hear the voice of many angels sing, worthy is the lamb. And I look up to the front of the room, and I literally see the this glowing, it was not a vision, it was in the room, this glowing cloud of light filling the front of the stage. And I didn't know at the time that it says in Exodus 40, verse 34, that the the glory of the Lord would fill the tabernacle like a cloud, and it would become so thick that the priests couldn't even stand to minister. But when I saw this glowing presence, I just knew. No one had to explain it to me. I felt the presence of God, and everything within me wanted to run, and so I did. Reserved Marielle was like, I'm running. I was like knocking over people in my, my row, and I was just like, I have to get to where the glory of God is. And so when I get up there, I literally feel the weighty presence of God like love. And it was like beyond religion. It was beyond anything I had ever experienced. I just felt so much love and I began to weep uncontrollably. And it was pretty loud. And like I said, I'm pretty reserved. And it was quiet in there. And I was like, okay, I guess we're doing this because I was really desperate. I was very desperate to encounter something real, to encounter something real. And so as this is happening, I start to see a vision for the first time in my life. And it was so normal that I didn't know it was a vision until afterward. So essentially a vision is when (laughs) the Holy Spirit begins to, to show you a picture in your mind's eye. Like if I were to say to you, hey, could you daydream about a field of sunflowers? Some people actually can't do this. (laughs) They don't have the ability to envision pictures in their mind. But it's in that place of imagination where God will often show us visions. And we see this in Jeremiah chapter 1. I'm just kind of giving some references as I go. Jeremiah chapter 1, God is teaching Jeremiah how to prophesy. He's received his call as a prophet. And he says, he asks him a question, Jeremiah, what do you see? And Jeremiah responds and he says, I see the branch of an almond tree. And then he has this back and forth conversation about what he's seeing. And God is teaching him how to prophesy. And he says, you've seen correctly. And here's what the meaning of your vision is. I am watching over my word to perform it. So it's in this place of our our sanctified imagination where the Holy Spirit will speak to us. And so often we can pass these images by because it's so normal. Hearing God is actually supposed to be normal. (laughs) And so... I see this vision of myself standing before Jesus, and it's like, I know it's kind of like at the end of my life. And 
I'm standing there and I'm wanting so desperately to want to offer Jesus something. I want to be able to tell him, like, Jesus, I really lived for you. I did this thing. And I just felt this sadness in that moment because I didn't know what that would even look like. And so <laughs> it was this moment where he began to open up my heart to give me what, he, what, he, what that would look like. So I'm seeing this vision, and all of a sudden, people come, and they start praying for me. You know, all these Southern Baptist college kids, they don't really, they think something's wrong with me. Nothing was wrong, because I was crying so much. And so they're very concerned, and but they're praying for me, and I'm thinking to myself, something is going to happen to me tonight, and I can't leave now, because they're literally, like, all surrounding me. And so in this place, they're praying for me, and this guy um, starts speaking in tongues, and he's praying, and I'm like, that's new to me. I've never heard that before. And it, I didn't grow up with any of that. And I don't know what your background and experience is, but it was very unusual for me. But then, after he started speaking in tongues, he began to prophesy. He began to speak forth the word of God into my life that nobody would know. And that's when I knew it was God speaking through him. I didn't have a context for what prophecy was, but I just knew there's no way he could know what he was saying. And my heart began to open. The prophetic word, and I believe him praying in tongues, actually helped him to connect to the Holy Spirit to know how to prophesy to me. And so there are very practical elements to these gifts of the Spirit. And so as he's saying this, my heart begins to open, and I hear the Holy Spirit say to me. It was that still small voice that I realized in that moment. I had actually been hearing him my whole life, but I had never really like taken on that it was him speaking to me. I just kind of passed it by and wondered like, is that God? I don't know. But in that moment, he goes, Marielle, do you want what I have to give you? And it was the kindest tone in his voice. I don't know if you guys have seen that picture. It's, it's circulated a lot on social media and the internet of this little girl, and she's standing before Jesus, and she has, like, the tiny teddy bear. Some of y'all are nodding your heads. And then Jesus has this giant teddy bear behind his back, and he's like, just trust me. Like, let's exchange our teddy bears. Like, I want to give you something so much bigger than that little teddy bear that you're holding. It was like with that tone in his voice that he's like, Marielle, you're living one way, and you love me, but if you say yes to me, I have something so much better for you. But I'm not going to show you what it is, but it's going to be good. Because it, it required some faith for me to say yes to him. Because faith pleases God. He loves it when we say yes, when we don't know what's going to happen next. And so I, he said there are two things standing in the way of you getting what I want to give you. And he said one is your doubt and your fear. And so I just gave it to him in that moment. And he said the next thing is there's a scene in your acting class that I don't want you to be doing. And it was a scene for my final grade in my acting class. And it was, not a, it was not a very morally good scene. But I just, I didn't think that there was anything wrong with it. And so out of um, just wanting to understand, I asked the Lord. I said, God, isn't it just acting? And he responded. And he said, no, it's not just acting to me. And what I gathered from that is that he loved the things that I loved to do. But he wanted me to put down an offering and a sacrifice and lay that down and re-pick up what it would look like from his kingdom perspective. Like he loved acting, but he's like, I don't want you to have to compromise to do what you love. I want to give it back to you in a better way. And so um, in that moment, he's asked me, do you want what I have to give you? And I just, after I laid everything down, I just said, yes. And my heart just resounding. And immediately I felt 
the power of the Holy Spirit hit me like electricity. And I just felt in the soles of my feet, like it was like lightning. And it just <laughs> went throughout my whole body. It was a very physical feeling. And I felt like I was being made alive for the first time in my life. I felt like life was flowing through me. And I didn't know <laughs> it was the baptism of the Holy Spirit because I had never been taught about that. I didn't know that there was a baptism of fire and of power that would empower me for life. Not just to live like a life of power in my, just for my own self, but to become a river that would flow out to other people. Because the baptism of the Holy Spirit empowers us to be a witness for Jesus. It empowers us in the gifts of the Holy Spirit so that we can begin to walk with power, like through the gifts of prophecy and all, all gifts of healing, so that the nations can come to know Jesus. So the nations can come to know Jesus. And so I'm just taking a look at the time, my notes. So, um, you know, when this happens... I, I started reflecting on everything that happened that night, and I was like, I'm not crazy. I'm hearing God, because it was so real what happened to me. Nobody could convince me. <laughs> and so now, not only was I weeping uncontrollably, but I started laughing uncontrollably because joy began to fill me. And I began, I, I felt like even as his presence was going through me, that I was getting healed from years of like depression and anxiety in a moment. And so I was there on the floor, and I kept trying to stand up. But because the weight of the presence of God, I kept falling back down to my knees. Nobody was touching me. No one was praying for me. <laughs> I was really embarrassed at this point because I had never seen anything like that. And so um, every time I'd, I'd just kind of fall back down to my knees because I couldn't even walk. I was so, like, weak. I just began to laugh and laugh and laugh. <laughs> and when this happens, you know, <laughs> it's in a room full of people who have never experienced this either so everyone's running up to me and they're they see that I'm different I like I was getting off the floor a different person and they're like Maria what happened to you tell us it was like all these reserved Southern Baptist kids were like what's going on like <laughs> and I was just like Jesus is touching me like I just one more second and I just like weep and laugh again like I couldn't talk <laughs> and my friends I came with were just sitting there like in awe like not saying anything and so um Okay, there's, there are a couple of things I want to make sure I get to tonight, <laughs> today, whatever. <laughs> so, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so, um, so after I got off the floor eventually, it took a while. It took a while. <laughs> and they actually had to extend church about an hour extra for me because <laughs> I couldn't leave. And, uh, but when I was able to get off the floor... I'm not going to tell this whole story in detail because it would go, it'd be way too long. But I get in the car with my friends, and that same power and presence of the Holy Spirit is flowing through me. And I hear that still small voice of God say, I want you to go see your friend because you're going to cast out a demon tonight. Yeah, right. <laughs> I laughed. I was like, what? I was like, that still happens today? And... Um, so long, long story short, um, I went to go see my friend, and as I'm walking up to their apartment, I was with his roommates, I hear the Holy Spirit say to me again, it's going to be so easy like a walk in the park. And it was this feeling like it's not going to be scary at all. It's going to actually be amazing. And I'm going to show you what my kingdom looks like. And so it happened that night. It was, it was amazing. I basically um, was praying for my friend 
and I'm trying to figure out how do you do this? I haven't been taught. Like, what does this supposed, what's it supposed to look like? And I, as I'm praying for him and he's just sitting there, we're in, in their living room and I'm just trying to figure out what does, what do I do? Holy spirit. <laughs> this is completely new to me. Um, he begins to tell me like, I just want to set your friend free. There's just some lies in his life. And I want him to know that I am his father and I see him. And so I'm sitting there praying and all of a sudden, once again, the Holy Spirit's like leading me step by step. And he goes, what's going to happen is you're going to feel my presence go into your hand, kind of like saturate into your hand. And what it does, I just want you to reach out and hold your friend's hand. And when you do, you're going to feel my power go into him. And he goes, it's like the story of the woman with the issue of blood. And that was like my favorite Bible story growing up. We had like a cartoon version my sister and I would watch all of the time. And he's like, it's that, like that story when she reached out and judged, touched Jesus' cloak and he felt power go out of him and she was healed. And so I was like, that's in the Bible. Like, I think this is going to work. We'll see. <laughs> and so um, I did exactly as the Holy Spirit told me. I felt the power saturate in my hand and I just, I reached out and I grabbed my friend's hand and immediately I felt the power of God going to him, and a peace fell on us, and he was delivered. He was delivered from a, a demon that had been uh, um, attacking him for a long time. I'll kind of sum it up like this. Um, you guys can find me and ask me more questions later if you want to. <laughs> but um, basically, uh, an attack had come against his voice. He was speaking with a voice that was not his own because of an identity issue. And when the power of God touched him, his normal speaking voice came forth. <laughs> and God brought him into identity as a son. And not only his identity, but because he wasn't speaking with his natural speaking voice, he wasn't able to step into his calling as a singer <laughs> because uh, he was taking on this identity that wasn't his own. But God released his voice, and he ended up getting accepted into the music department at our school the next semester later. It was a miracle. I'm, I'm saving some details. Yeah, Jesus is worthy. He's so worthy. He's so worthy. And I learned so much from that, that God's not looking at our sin and saying, hey, I'm mad at you. I'm going to condemn you. And good luck out there. Like, no, he's looking at us and he's saying, oh, if only you could see what I see in you. And I want to show you. And I want to call you. I want to call out the gold inside of you. And that, that, when we see the gold inside of us, the way Jesus sees us, it helps us to step into that identity because real, we realize we're loved by this loving Father who's not condemning us for our sin, but he's calling us higher out of love. And so he got radically touched that night. We end up having this little worship session with prayer. I'm overcome. I'm lying face down on the floor, weeping. My whole life changed in a night. I found out God is real, like real, real. Like he's not like up there, like he's Emmanuel, like he's close to me. <laughs> and like that encounter I had that night was not supposed to be a one-time experience, but it's something I can pursue every day of my life. I might not have that dramatic of an experience, but I know what's available to me. And so we're praying, we're worshiping, it's the end of the night, and I, we're now in a circle, all of us Southern Baptist kids who came to the apartment to see this deliverance that we didn't know what was going to happen. And I'm standing across the prayer circle from my friend who was just delivered, and our eyes are shut, 
And I just remember in the middle of prayer, I open my eyes and I see him opening his eyes at the same time and he's looking up. And so I look up and I literally see that same glowing cloud of God's presence above our prayer circle. And we are looking up, I look at him and we shut our eyes really fast because we're like, it was so amazing, but also it's like the holy awe and power of God. <laughs> and so um, that was my introduction to the Holy Spirit. That was my introduction to the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and it changed my life from that day on. I have become so obsessed with Jesus. Now, I'm not saying I'm a perfect person. I'm not saying I don't have different things that I work through and I'm pursuing wholeness in. I, I want you to hear that because so often we might hear stories like this or somebody who's operating in a spiritual gift and you're like, wow, I could never, I could never do that. I'm just letting you know I'm a human, but I'm obsessed with Jesus. I'm obsessed. <laughs> so, Roman, if you're able to go to the next slide, I just want to go through a couple of <clears throat> foundational. Sorry, I'm going to drink some water. Are y'all doing Okay. Awesome. So, wow. I want to talk to you for a moment about how this is available to you. And I know you might have heard that and you're like, I don't know if I want that, Marielle. Like, that sounds really intense. I want to tell you that this is the meaning of life to walk closely with the Holy Spirit and to see Him transform your life, to hear Him. And to say, God, not my will, but your will be done. Because I want to let you in on a secret that should not be a secret. God's will for your life is always going to be so much better than yours. And when we let our life become that living sacrifice, like Romans 12, oh, God will come and he will take your life that you lay down. And he's going to do something with your life so much, so much more than you could on your own. It's so worth it. And so I'll just say this, and then I'm going to go into a couple things. But after that night, you know, um, God set a fire in me that I have just like, <laughs> even through difficult seasons, because we go through difficult seasons in life, it's not always easy. I have just pursued the presence of God. And so from that time on, God began to stir a gift of prophecy inside of me and began to stir this passion to teach other people how to hear God's voice for their life. Not only so that you would have clarity for like the things that God's called you to do and the different problems that we work through and the different directions that we're seeking for, but so that our lives would become a river and not a reservoir where we're just taking this and like, God, what are you saying to me? Like, what do you have for me? God, what about me, me, me? And he's saying, yeah, I care about you, but I don't want you to be a reservoir. I want you to be a river like that John chapter four, where I'm pouring into you and then you're flowing like a river into the world around you because you're so overflowing with my spirit and you can't keep it to yourself. It becomes like this thing where it's not an obligation to fulfill the great commission or it's not this scary thing to be like, God, I don't want to tell that stranger at the coffee shop how you see them. It becomes this overflow where you're obsessed with Jesus and you're like, I'm might be an introvert and I might not want to talk to that person today but when you do you encounter God and they encounter God and it changes your life and their life all at once it's amazing <laughs> so because of this journey I've been on um, I've actually been on this huge faith journey this year where God has called me to start a ministry it's called the emboldened company and um, very a lot of it's focused online through social media and God just, he pushed me out of the nest. He said, Mario, it's time to say goodbye to your full-time job, your part-time job, and you're going to do this full-time. I said, Jesus, are you serious? And he's like, yes. <laughs> 
And so as I've stepped out in faith since April, I have had the absolute honor to um, train people up in the gifts of the Spirit, uh, specifically the gift of prophecy right now. And I've been able to train 75 people from 25 different states in 16 different countries. And I'm getting these testimonies back of this one woman has led her mother to the Lord. Um, We have people joining us from the Middle East who are surrounded completely by Muslims, you know? And I've been asking God this question about this passage. Joel 2 is where we first see this passage. I'm going to read it. It says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. That means to hear God and speak it out. That's what prophecy is. It's not, it's not as complicated as it might look. Your sons and daughters, your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit on, in those days, and they will prophesy. So if we look at this passage... It was first prophesied by Joel in chapter 2, and then again in Acts 2, Peter prophesies this at the day at Pentecost when the Holy Spirit is poured out. (laughs) And I love that it says young and old, men and women. It's like nobody's disqualified from this thing. Nobody's disqualified. Even like children. I mean, when he says young, I believe that even children can step into these things of the Holy Spirit. And so as I've been stepping into this faith journey of equipping people in this thing, I've been asking God the question about this important passage. God, why of all things that could mark an outpouring of your Holy Spirit, why prophecy? Why visions? Why dreams? Like, it doesn't say miraculous healing or I don't know it could say a many number of things and I just believe what the Lord is saying through this is that it's so important that in the days and the times that we're living in that we hear from God so often I know the struggle right I shared a lot of my journey up to this point where I was like God are you even talking to me like how I can't hear you I believe that it's not a matter of if God is talking to us. It's a matter of us pursuing him and finding out the ways that he speaks and not giving up until we hear him. And so um, I just believe that in the times that we're in, it's so important that we see this outpouring of the Holy Spirit and understand our right and our inheritance as both sons and daughters of God, that this is for all of us. It's for all of us. Okay. <laughs> So I believe not only do we get to hear God, but we need to hear him. And I propose that he wants to speak to us even more than we want a word from him. And so there's so much I could say on this topic. I know I'm just kind of like giving a little introduction. Um, but I want to read this, this verse from Isaiah 60. And I think we do have a, we have a slide for this. And then I think I'm going to just operate for a couple minutes, if that's okay. <clears throat> So um, Isaiah 60, 1 through 3, it says, Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. I believe that God is looking for those who will intimately know his voice and then go and change the world with his love. He wants to bring revival, and he wants to start with you. And so (laughs) to just kind of land this little journey (laughs) in this story that I've been sharing with y'all today, um, I just believe that um, 
it's so important that we pursue the presence of God and that we're pursuing, just get to that place of hunger and desperation where we're calling out to him. We're like, God, I'm not satisfied with my life as it is. There is more. I'm here to tell you there is more. And he wants to fill every place inside of you with his river so that not only will you be filled to abundant life, like it says in John chapter 10, but so that you'll be that river that flows into the nations. And so it's available for everybody. And, um, and yes, and so I just want to pray. I want to pray, and I might um, just share one or two words uh, as the Holy Spirit leads. Okay, sound good? Awesome. So if this really resonated with you, you know, you can respond however you would like to. If you're saying, if you're sitting there thinking like, wow, that was, <laughs> maybe that's normal to you what I shared and you've had these different experiences or maybe that's totally new. Maybe you have questions. I just want to invite you to respond to the Lord if you want to receive more of his presence in your life. If you want to begin to encounter him in such a way where you're like, I know that I know that I know that God is real. <laughs> and I just want to pray for y'all. So if you, you can stand up, you can stay where you are. Um, but I even encourage you, you know, just put your hand in your heart as I just pray over us today. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I just honor you in this place. Lord, you are a person. You are a person. Jesus paid such a high price, his very life, that we could walk with you intimately and know you like a friend every day every day and so holy spirit right now i just pray over every heart in here that is just hungering for more lord i just ask that you would come and that you would set hearts ablaze god that the seeds that were planted today that they would not just fall to the wayside but that they would begin to bear so much fruit father i pray that you would release encounters with your presence where people would hear your voice in the still small voice, through dreams, through visions, through the gift of prophecy, where they would know that they know that, <laughs> that their Father is speaking to them and through them. And so, Father, I just even pray today that people would begin to walk in the baptism of the Holy Spirit and just these gifts of the Holy Spirit, God, in greater measure. <laughs> in greater measure, stir up hunger inside of us, Jesus. We need more. Make us desperate. Make us desperate. Make us desperate in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Awesome. So y'all can stay in this place of receiving. I'm just <laughs> going to minister for a moment. So I might call you out, and I promise you I'm only going to say something encouraging, comforting, and lifting up. That's what 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3 says about the prophetic. So if I call you out, don't, don't think I'm going <laughs> to say anything other than comforting. <laughs> but um, there's a gentleman here. You've got sunglasses on and the blue shirt. <laughs> and I just feel like the Lord's saying that you're a builder, that you're called to build the kingdom of God. <laughs> and he stands at the door of your heart and he's knocking and he's saying, I want to build your life. I want to build your life. And I just see that there have been some ruins that have come. And God's saying, I'm going to rebuild the places that have been torn down. And he's going to restore more than before. I just see, like, God doing a renovation in your home. I don't know if you work in renovation. <laughs> I don't know if you know I'm talking to you. It's okay. You can just kind of receive it. <laughs> but, Lord, I just thank you for this man that's called to be a builder. 
Mm. And Lord, I just thank you for even provision that's going to come. I actually see you being like a father and raising up um, other other men in in the gift of I get to see construction. Even as you build <laughs> um, different uh, buildings, you're going to be building up people's lives as as a discipler. God's saying, I see you. You are a father. Even even where you haven't known a father, He's saying you are a father, and I'm going to show you myself as provider and protector in this season. In Jesus' name. And Kate, I don't know if you're still in here. I think you're in the back. Um, when we when we prayed for you earlier, I just saw this picture of all of these jars of oil on a shelf, and um, I just felt like the Lord saying that your provision has gone before you for where you're going. That it's like the jars were like completely full. And I just believe the Lord saying he's going to provide um, family that you're looking for. And it's like already stored for you. It's like you just get to walk into it. And you're going to be amazed at the provision you haven't had before that God has it all ready and stored for you. And so it reminds me of the story of Elijah with the widow, how the jars of oil just kept being filled up. And so I bless you with that in Jesus' name. Awesome. And then... Um, this woman right here, you're wearing a blue shirt with kind of like a, a black sweater. <laughs> um, I don't know if you know I'm speaking to you, but you're like directly in front of me. So, um, Father, I just thank you for this woman. And I just see, actually, I see writing coming on you. I see uh, God is going to be releasing new assignments to you in this season that you are actually called to pray for people and intercede for people. And... Um, I just even pray that there's just been some specific prayer assignments on your life and God's going to begin to show you and confirm to you that you're in the right direction with what you're praying for. I even just see that you're going to begin to see prodigals start to come home. Prodigals are going to come home and uh, it's going to bless your family. And it's not just going to be for your family, but you're going to pray for other people and they're going to begin to see prodigals come home in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Awesome. Well, thank you guys. <laughs> thank you, Grant. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. You guys extend your hand to Marielle. Let's just pray over her. Everybody stand to your feet, if you will. I'm blessed. If you read in Ephesians chapter 4, it says that God has provided apostles and prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists to equip the body for works of service so that we can all grow into unity and reach maturity. Uh, and so this morning, maybe this is hearing about prophecy and the teaching on prophecy is new to you. Um, we're happy to kind of help walk you through that and to really undergird that in experience. And so, Mario, thank you. It was beautiful. And if you guys have any more questions of what she's doing, feel free to ask. Would you just stretch out a hand? Father, we thank you for the word that's spoken today. And Lord, I thank you that your word goes out and it, it accomplishes everything it's meant to. Father, I thank you for the testimony of Marielle and so many others who have come into the love of the Spirit, just a baptism of your love, of knowing who you are in tangible ways. You said, taste and see that the Lord is good. And so, Father, we just ask you to magnify her voice and to continue to turn up the volume on all the things you've done for her and in her and through her, God, for the sake of people coming to know Jesus. And, Lord, we ask you even now that you would manifest that same Spirit and the same gifting in your body, that we would be people of prophecy, people, Lord, of strength and courage to declare the goodness of God for those who are hungry. Lord, we give you praise. We commit ourselves to you today. It's in the name of Jesus we do. Amen. Amen. <laughs>